In celebration of four years of the Healthy Hustlers podcast, I'm chatting to some of my favorite guests who I've been lucky enough to have graced my microphone. Women who have inspired me to dream big, reminded me to focus on my own lane and showed me that with a positive mindset and determination, anything is possible. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa, and this is the Healthy Hustlers podcast, your go-to podcast show for all things health mindset and motherhood. With over 150 episodes featuring healthy conversations with some of the most influential people in our country, including Kayla Itzines, Megan Gale, Mick Fanning, Sarah's Day, and many more, there is plenty of goodness to inspire you to live your happiest and healthiest life. Are you looking for a clean beauty makeup that makes you look and feel your best without sacrificing your health? or our planet? Then look no further than Lus Minerals, a high-performance mineral makeup that will change your skin, your life, and leave the planet in a better place. Lus Minerals Clean Beauty range is both affordable and high quality. Good health starts with Lust Minerals. Today, I'm thrilled to be reconnecting with the beautiful Brooke Hogan. Since our previous chat almost four years ago, Brooke has created and founded two amazing businesses, as well as continuing her career as model and brand ambassador. Last year, Brooke and close friend Hannah co-created and launched their own subscription-based online Pilates platform, Our Pilates. With classes available 24-7, the program is physiotherapist-led and designed to help improve overall strength and mobility while boosting energy. In more recent times, Brooke and husband Miles have shared the beautiful news that they will soon become parents. However, their journey to get there hasn't been an easy one. Together, they vulnerably shared their infertility journey with Brooke's adoring online community in order to help others who might be on a similar journey, offering hope and love. In this episode, Brooke does share openly about her infertility journey and her darker days while trying to conceive. So I'd like to place a trigger warning for anyone who might not be ready to engage in these kinds of conversations at this stage. Brooke's openness during this episode was so greatly appreciated, and I hope this episode can help anyone on a similar journey feel a little less alone. Here's Brooke. Well, good morning, gorgeous Brooke, and welcome back to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. How are you? Good morning. I'm really good, thanks. It's been so long since we chatted. I can't believe it, actually, just kind of going back all of those years, trying to work out exactly when it was. I know. It's so crazy. I was, yeah, like I said to you, I was trying to think back of like, was it pre-COVID, after COVID? I'm like, no, it was definitely pre-COVID. I'm like, that's a whole nother lifetime ago, really, when I chatted to you. So many years in between. It was. And that was such a fun stage because I was that's when I was doing everything in person. So I came to your house. I remember you had that beautiful platter of food made and oh it was <laughs> such a such a nice morning. I remember just leaving like feeling so happy and full, like I had the best job in the world. <laughs> oh my god. And I was living in a share house with friends at that time. I was still living in Melbourne, living my best life. Oh my god, so much has changed. <laughs> I know. How crazy is it to think like just in a couple of years, how many shifts you can have in your life it's so wild it's actually crazy and it's kind of not until you sort of look back and you go wow like like time has gone so fast 
things have changed and you don't really realize it at the time. You're just sort of like going through the motions and then you're like, wow, it's only been four years, but my life has, or three years, whatever it's been, but my life is completely different. It's exciting though. (laughs) It is, it is, but it's so true. Like you almost have to have those moments every so often to just like take it back and be like, oh, wow, like a lot has changed. I have done a lot, you know, I've evolved. I've, you know, had all these wonderful things happen. It's nice to take those moments. So it was cool to take a trip back down memory lane with you this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm really excited to chat to you today. I know I've told you before, um, like in Instagram messages and all that, but your podcast episode is the most downloaded episode on the podcast to date, which is so cool. So I'm so honored to have you back on the show. Well, I'm honoured to hear that. It's actually so flattering. I just because I guess you just don't really kind of know, but knowing that people kind of see it and they want to listen to it, it's it's really nice and really flattering. So, yeah, that's awesome. Hopefully, this one kind of lives up to the expectations. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Oh God. Um, now, I guess the nature of this chat is really just a catch-up chat to see, you know, where you're where you're at, you know, the exciting things that have happened in your life, the lessons you've learned. And I guess I start the chat by finding out what season you're in. But after we chatted today, I realized that this question should probably be, what is your vibe at the moment? <laughs> I know. When you said through the questions, I was like, what season am I in? I was like, well, it just turned. I'm like, what is it, summer? autumn winter I'm like I don't even know what at what season it is I'm actually talking about the weather I was like I have to clarify this because I don't know if it's my brain being absolute mush but I was like I'm not following but no I get it now what vibe are you in I know I think the vibe is better so let's roll with what vibe vibe okay so um I'm currently 20 weeks pregnant so a far uh, different vibe to what I was in last time I spoke with you living in a share house with my best friend partying every weekend. Um, but I guess, yeah, this is a, a stage, I guess, we've wanted to be in for quite some time. And I'm sure we'll probably get into it as the podcast goes along. But it was quite a tough journey to kind of get to this point. So I'm juggling pregnancy whilst also trying to juggle my businesses, um, which is proving to be, I'm loving every second, but it's actually quite difficult I think I'm so used to being a bit of a hustler and a bit of a go 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 and sort of kind of just like running on adrenaline almost because I just have always had so much going on and I guess it's been a bit of a time where I've been like okay I can't do as much as I used to and maybe have to say no to this and think about you know am I going to be too tired if I do that so it's been a juggle trying to kind of find the balance of I guess my previous work vibe, which is just crazy busy and also kind of realizing that I'm growing a small human. And as we were saying earlier, like I'm growing lungs and kidneys. And I guess that really impacts your like energy levels. So I guess, yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a season of trying to figure it all out. (laughs) I love that. It is. It's like, those early stages of pregnancy are like you're trying to it's a whole new body you know it's this whole new world of like trying to um figure out how to operate almost in a way like when your business comes into play as well like you said you can't kind of just be hustle 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 it's there's got to be a a lot more probably consideration and nurturing in ways and it's yeah it's definitely a big learning and totally and I like especially when you're used to being a certain way you know, when you're kind of throughout my whole career, I've sort of nothing in my work has kind of ever been organized. So it's almost the night before and they say, okay, you're flying to Sydney tomorrow. So I've always kind of had that 
mentality where it's just, you know, I don't kind of preempt what my week's going to be like because I haven't needed to. It's just like you kind of just get it done. Yes. But then now it's it's sort of like I have to almost pre-plan to sort of go, okay, am I putting myself under too much pressure or, you know, how am I actually going to feel if I do, you know, say yes to all of these things? So I think when you're so used to being a certain way at the start, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I can do this. Like I can still do the same stuff that I was doing. And it's like, ah, uh, no, you actually cannot. You are going to sleep for like two days if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. How have you kind of, I guess, I guess got comfortable with saying no and creating those boundaries of understanding when too much is too much for you in this season? Yeah, look, I think I'm still trying to get my head around it. Um, And I think when you do have your own businesses, it's quite difficult to say no, because at the end of the day, if you don't do it, I'm super lucky to have a business partner with my, um, my Pilates business, our Pilates. So we kind of can sort of tackle things together. But when you do have your own business, you don't really have the luxury of saying no, because Otherwise, it doesn't get done. So I am still trying to learn the juggle. And I think, um, you know, I love chatting to other mums who have got their own businesses and kind of seeing how they how they juggled it. But I think it's something you just need to figure out yourself and mm. see kind of what works for you and and what you personally can handle and what you can't. So I think it's I think I'm always going to be learning. And I yeah. think as well, once the baby's here, it's going to be a, a whole nother ball game, and I'm going to be, you know, learning even more every day. But I'm just trying to listen to my body, I guess. And just, you know, I had a huge week last week and I sort of, I was, I was actually okay. I felt really good, but I think I actually was running on adrenaline. And then I got, I was interstate and I got home and I just literally crashed. Like I got home and I sat on the couch and I was like, I am not moving for 24 hours. But, you know, I think you, when you're in it, you kind of, you just, like energy breathes energy so you sort of yeah. just like thrive off that so yeah look I don't know I'm just figuring it out and chatting to friends and just sort of seeing what works for me yeah good on you and your partner your husband has businesses as well doesn't he am I right in saying that yeah so Miles yeah. is in his family business in hospitality so they have Hotel Sorrento and he works crazy hours yeah. as well he's um you know they're doing lots of developments and stuff at the hotel so he's always go 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 so it's it's good in a sense because we're both so busy. So it's sort of like not one is kind of like, when are you going to be home? And like kind of waiting on each other. We're very and always have been quite kind of career orientated yep. people. Um, and we, we spend so much time together, but, you know, we kind of do our thing and then we come back together. So yes. I think that's going to be a bit of a learning curve as well. Just little babies here. Yeah. I know, but it's so like exactly what you're saying about like you, you figure it out for yourself and what works for you. And like, you know, everyone's, situation in terms of themselves and what they can give and what they want to give but also in their relationship is so different as well like that's been such a huge learning for me with like friends who have just very different um situations in their relationship you know men that can be home more or you know be there for the kinder drop off or the daycare drop off versus you know like yeah me who yeah yeah, so everyone's situation is so different so it's just like this constant readjusting and learning and evolving so um but such an exciting season that you're in I'm so so happy for you I know you've been um like really vulnerable and open with sharing your 
your fertility journey on Instagram and it obviously resonated with a lot of people. I think last time I saw your reel that um, your mile shared had like 20,000 views or something, 20 million, sorry, views, um, which is so crazy Like to think of how many eyeballs have been on that video, but it's obviously just touched so many people. Um, Are you able to share a little bit about your journey? Yeah, so we are both pretty taken aback by, I guess, how that video was received. We obviously uploaded it on Instagram and then I didn't really kind of know what I was doing, but I also uploaded it to Facebook Reels as well. And I think that's a whole nother world. Like I don't understand that whatsoever. And I started getting like all of these random notifications and I didn't really know it kind of Reels is in a separate section to your normal Facebook feed. Anyway, I finally figured it out and it's got like kind of 28 million views or something crazy on Facebook. And we, Miles and I were just like, this is so crazy. And so you know what? It, it's so nice because it just shows that sharing your story has such an impact on people. And that was, that was something that was really important to us. So throughout our journey, um, which I'll kind of go into in a little bit, it was sort of not something that we were like, let's share this. You're going through something so emotional and so terrifying and you're literally on a roller coaster and it's not a fun one. And we didn't really have the intention to share. We are notoriously quite private with our lives and obviously I have a public social media, but Miles is very private himself personally. And I guess I've sort of adapted to to kind of the way he goes about things so it was not something that we were like let's put our most challenging hardest situation we've ever gone through in our lives you know out to the public to 600,000 plus people but once we were in the trenches of it we were like no we actually have to talk about this and it really wasn't a difficult decision at all we both kind of towards I think it was yeah our our last transfer or maybe it was a transfer that failed we were like, we have to share. So um, I'm so glad we did because I've just been, yeah, I've had some really beautiful messages from people just kind of connecting on, I guess, a heartbreak of infertility. So yeah, I would kind of, I could be here for two days if I started from the very beginning, but we, yeah, we started trying for a family in, we got engaged in March, 2021. um, And we've been together since we were I think I was 23 so quite a long even younger quite young and we always sort of knew that we wanted to have a family and it really wasn't until we got engaged that we were sort of like oh no like should we start trying and it was um it was fun it was really fun at the start it was sort of just like you just take the pressure off there's no kind of like you just are naive and you think oh it's going to happen and it's going to be it's going to be easy and I'm super healthy. He's incredibly healthy. You know, I'm only 28. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think that we'd have any problems. And, you know, I think it's kind of nice as well because at the start it was so fun and we were just sort of, you know, having fun with it and, and <laughs> having having sex and not having to be worried like, oh, no, yeah. is this going to happen? So we sort of went through those motions for a couple of months, um, for about six months, and obviously nothing happened and at that point I was sort of like I've had heavy periods um quite painful periods but I didn't really have anything that I was sort of like thinking that would contribute to you know an infertility or a journey like that so I was sort of like maybe we'll just go kind of get things checked out so 
I actually started to track my cycle sort of to see when I was ovulating. So prior to that, it was sort of just like whenever, wherever, if it happens, yeah. it's, a, it's a miracle type thing. Um, and I made a couple of appointments. I got some blood tests to check my AMH, which is basically just like your ovary, your egg reserve. Um, that came back fine. I then had a like an internal scan just to check that like anatomy, like everything was looking okay. Yeah. Thankfully, that was fine. So we were sort of just like, you know, there's nothing really that's sort of coming up. It's only been six months. You know, they do say give it a good year. I think before you're 30, they say a year to just see if it happens naturally. Um, so we started to be a bit more diligent with when we were trying. So I was like tracking my cycle and I'm quite symptomatic when I ovulate. So it was kind of just like a, okay, you need to come home today. Like come home from work, like I'm ovulating. And again, it was semi fun at that point, but then um, it started to get not very fun when I guess a few more months of that and mm. nothing was still happening. And at that point, you're sort of just like, we are told, okay, basically don't have sex, you'll get pregnant. And yeah. it's sad because you're under this impression that, well, it's not sad, but it's you're under this impression that if you do have unprotected sex, you will automatically fall pregnant. So when that doesn't happen, that fear and mm. I guess the confusion and the, okay, why isn't this happening is so consuming because you also see so many people around you that try for a month or two and do fall pregnant. And I'm, you know, I'm so happy for the people that that does happen to, but for some, you know, that just doesn't happen. And it's not as talked about as it should be because when you're in the middle of that, you think there's something wrong with me and you know, like what is, what's going on? So yeah, we, by this point, it was probably like November and we were engaged and we were sort of just like, if we fell pregnant, we just like planned some kind of shotgun wedding. I really wanted to be married before having a baby, but I didn't really care what the wedding as such looked like. And then yeah. planned a wedding um, in three months, which was a bit of a, <laughs> a fun time. It was kind of good actually, because I was, um, it took my mind off the fertility a little yeah. bit. Like we were still absolutely trying throughout that stage. And to be honest, I was absolutely working myself to the bone. I think to just take my mind off everything. Yeah. I was like, the more I work, the more stressed I am at work, yeah. the less I'm kind of spending all day thinking about the mm -hmm. fact that I that we can't fall pregnant. Um, so we had our wedding in March and as soon as the wedding finished, we were sort of just like, all right, we need to go see a specialist. By this point, it's been 12 months um, and we don't have any kind of factors leading us to a reason as to why it hasn't happened. Um, so, yeah, it was... Just after our wedding, um, we went and saw a fertility specialist and we started ovulation induction. So that was mm -hmm. kind of like the start of assisted fertility treatment. And it was pretty blasé at the start. It was sort of just like a couple of tablets at a certain point in your cycle, which just helps you ovulate to see, to make sure you're like timing your um, intercourse at the right time. So obviously it's kind of making it all the stars align. So we did that for a couple of months and obviously that didn't work and by this point it was like really all consuming it was like you can't think about anything else like we couldn't talk about anything else I couldn't be around friends that were pregnant and you know, it was like it was really horrible it was a really it was just a really hard time to sort of 
try and be happy because yeah. you just have the biggest hole in your heart because you're like, am I ever going to be a mum? And yeah. is am I ever going to make my husband a father? And, mm. you know, all of these things just like consume your brain, kind of all the negative things. And obviously we were just at the start of our fertility journey in terms of help, help, having assistance, but your mind just spirals when you're yeah. going through something that's so out of your control mm-hmm. um so once the, the, the few months of the medication didn't work we started to take that medication with um we started to take that medication with uh scans so they check yeah. what your follicles are doing doing and then they give you like a trigger injection so just one injection at a certain time to again time into course that didn't work and then we moved on to our first round of IUI which is basically the step before IVF so it's it is very like medical and I don't want to go into it too much but basically um Miles so throughout that time as well I should just add Miles had like semen analysis and kind of got all his side of things checked out just to make sure it wasn't him kind of contributing to the infertility um and thankfully he was all good on his end so again just still more unknown and Mm. unexplained kind of situation so um yeah so the IUI basically Miles will go and give a sample of his um his business and then I go in to um so I go into the clinic and then they basically just sort of shoot the sperm up into your uterus to kind of give it a head start so we were at that point kind of just told that maybe it was like an interaction between our sperm and our egg that wasn't working and or maybe it just kind of needed a head start anyway obviously that didn't work and you know I don't think it's from a financial point of view why I was so upset but you think okay I'm throwing a few thousand dollars at this on top of all the appointments and vitamins and Blah, 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 blah. You just get really hopeful. And that the mental load as well that you're carrying through that whole period. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you kind of just think, oh, surely this is going to get us over the line. Like there's yeah. nothing wrong, as they say. So once that didn't work, yeah, that was like, that was it for me from an emotional point of view. I just was at, this was July. So we'd been trying since the March before. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was just, we just got to the point where I was like, I actually, like, I'm not okay. And kind of trying to juggle my businesses and juggle being a a wife and trying to fall pregnant and just everything that kind of comes with it. It was just so much. And I would, I would almost say that I was, I'm not an overly stressed kind of person, but at this point I almost didn't know myself. Like I, wasn't eating well because I was just staying at work so late just to kind of take my mind off things. And I was just really unhealthy and which obviously kind of doesn't lead to the best circumstance anyway to try and fall pregnant. So it kind of was, I guess, counterproductive because I was working so much to try and take my mind off everything. But obviously that's then affecting me and my energy and my stress levels, which then affects, can affect fertility as well. So it was really tough, but soon as the IUI failed um I changed clinics and I was like I want to start IVF like I called the doctor and she was like okay so tell me a bit about your story blah 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 blah. and I told her and she's like okay so what do you want to do and you know do you want to do another round of IUI and intuitively I just felt like it wasn't the right path I just felt I think I need more help 
Mm-hmm. So um, she goes, you know, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I wanted to be pregnant a year and a half ago. Like, I want to be pregnant now. So she's like, let's just go straight into IVF. And it was good in a way because I didn't get much time. I think I knew it in the back of my mind, but I didn't get time to almost freak myself out. I just was like thrown into it straight away. And yeah, in a way, I think it's a good thing because it was a quick start and I didn't get to talk myself out of it and go, well, let's just wait or let's just do another round of this or maybe it will happen because, you know, I now wouldn't have the baby growing in me that I do. So we did our first round of IVF and that was crazy. Just like the biggest emotional roller coaster you can kind of like, yeah, I guess one of the biggest roller coasters you can ever go on. And, um, my God, I like I've spoken about it so much, but I still get really emotional because I still can't even believe that I'm through it. You know, I look at myself every day and my belly's huge. And I just, when you're in the middle of it, you can't imagine that light at the end of the tunnel. And when I talk about it, um, yeah, I guess it just makes me feel really grateful because I thought there were so many times where I was like, am I going to get there? Am I ever going to get to experience that? Is that ever going to be me? Um, but yeah, so we did our first round of IVF, our first transfer failed, um, which was debilitating and horrible. And you think IVF is like a safety blanket, but it's not, you know, it doesn't always work, um, unfortunately, and that's just the nature of it. But I think we were super naive, Miles and I, when we first kind of started talking about fertility treatment, because we just assume that IVF could get you pregnant yeah, and it's actually not the case yeah. at all. So mm. um, when our first transfer failed, we were just like, what the hell is wrong with us? Like what is going on? And it's not the case. It's just, you know, some people just need help. And, you know, we did more tests and there were a few, a few immune tests that I got done that kind of came back a little bit abnormal. So I started on some extra medication Um. And then I did another egg collection. So I did two egg collections total because from our first egg collection, I only got one embryo. Obviously, that was a transfer that didn't make it. So I did another egg collection. And then we transferred this little baby that's inside me now. And thankfully, 11 days later, we found out that it stuck. So, yeah, I guess it's a long journey. But in the IVF world, it's really not. It's actually yeah. a very short journey for fertility mm-hmm. treatment and it was all up we started so we started IUI in June June July and we were pregnant by the October November so it really yeah we are we are so lucky and I think I always make sure I preface that we know how lucky we are because we have so many friends who are going through IVF and you kind of gravitate to other women who are going through IVF when you're going through it but we have so many friends who are still going through it and for five years in and it is just the most heartbreaking and you just you actually can't explain what it is unless you've felt it and it yeah it's horrible so I always like to say that we know how lucky we are that we only had to do it for a short short amount of time um because yeah other people aren't so lucky but it also doesn't take away I guess you know, that pain that you did experience and were you talking, like were you open to friends and family during that time or was it something that you kind of held close during the journey yeah. of like 
especially before you started the actual IVF and you were really in a bad place. Did those around you know? Um, it's funny because at the start, no, because you have this way of, I guess, how I wanted things to go mm. and no one really knew that we were trying because we wanted to surprise people and be like, surprise, they're pregnant. Mm. And when, I guess, it doesn't happen on a timeline that you think it does, I was sort of like going through it alone because I didn't want to tell my parents because I wanted them to be surprised. And I told them that we were pregnant and I was just hopeful that it was, okay, maybe it's next month that it will work Mm. and maybe next month that it will work. So, no, I didn't really tell anyone until – I actually told my best friend the morning of my hen's party. So we were engaged in the March the year before and then my hen's was in the January the following year. And it was the morning of my hen's and I said to my my maid of honour, my best friend, I was like, I think I'm pregnant because I was like two days late for my period. And I was like, I think I'm pregnant. And she was like, oh, my God, have you guys been trying? And I was like, yeah, you know, we've been trying for ages and it just, you know, it's taken a really long time. And it was my first year on, sorry, it was my first, it was my first month on the medication. So I was just like, oh, surely it's going to work. And then, yeah, anyway, my period ended up arriving like an hour later, the day of my hen. So I drank myself pretty silly that day, but it wasn't really until that point that I had told anyone because yeah, we wanted it to be a surprise. We wanted everyone to be excited with us, which was really hard. But from that point, um, I couldn't how like I couldn't hold it in anymore. Yeah. And you have to confide in people around you. Well, that was how I coped anyway. Yeah. When I got to that point of like true heartbreak and despair, I was like, I need yeah. to talk about it twenty four seven. Otherwise mm. I feel like I'm just not being true to who I am right now because yeah. I can't actually talk about obviously I had days where I was fine, but I was like, I can't talk about I don't know, buy a new handbag or mm. going to this get, get get together on the weekend or I don't want to host anyone and celebrate because I just wasn't happy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really I really confided in my best friends and, and also my family and Miles' family. And then going through IVF, I actually have IVF besties. So yeah. um, you just have girls girl, – not having girls that know exactly what you're going through mm. and – know exactly how you feel even if the circumstances are different it's so comforting that you can just like text at any hour of the night because they're probably awake crying and googling as well it's that was a huge thing for me was connecting with other girls sorry connecting with other women that had gone through and were going through IVF Mm. and also women who that had gone through it and then were then on the other side that was a really big thing for me too yeah and that's a huge part of why I wanted to share my stories because I searched for those kind of stories and they really, really helped me on those days that I was like, am I ever going to get through this? Mm -hmm. And I know some people don't cope by sharing their stories or some people don't cope by talking to other people. But for me personally, I spoke to everyone and anyone that I could that had gone through IVF and yeah, it was such a huge, a huge thing that sort of, yeah, really helped me, helped me through those really hard days. I was going to say that like how much you sharing would just be such a like comfort and reassuring and like that positive story for other people because, you know, I guess it is a, it is a really private thing for like you were saying for a lot of people and you know, that journey, 
like I could only imagine how lonely and isolating it could feel and you know especially if there's people out there that don't have close families or close girlfriends that they feel like they can be safe feel safe around sharing that I could only imagine yeah like how reassuring it was seeing you share your story and your journey um you know and I think too like someone you know who is such an incredible role model on so many levels like having you share that so vulnerably yeah I just I completely understand why it's got so many views and why you're probably inundated with messages so thank you I appreciate that yeah it's um and again as I said some people don't want to talk about it with their close friends so just connecting Mm. with somebody even if they don't know me personally even if they're just just you know a follower just hearing a positive story or knowing someone even if you don't know them personally that it's gone through it it really really helps and yeah as I said that was the main reason why we wanted to share I was like I've been blessed with this platform I've been blessed to have a voice that gets heard by so many people I'd be doing so many men and women like women and men a disservice by not Mm -hmm. talking about it so yeah yeah, thank you it means a lot to um yeah yeah, hear those nice words (laughs) no you're amazing and doing your businesses all while going through all of that you've launched our pilates your your pilates app online platform which is incredible i'm just like yeah i'm really in awe of what you're doing it's just so beautiful to see you the way you've just flourished and i guess just really doing the things that make you like that you're so deeply passionate and help you feel fulfilled it's amazing to see We'll be right back after this healthy break because I want to share with you one of my all-time favourite health products that has truly helped keep my hustle healthy. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, you'll know I'm very passionate about helping you live a life full of good health, which is why I'm thrilled to have partnered with Lust Minerals, Australia's favourite clean beauty brand, founded in 2014 by mum of two, Stacey Hollands. Luster Minerals is Australia's first all-natural mineral beauty brand that fuses clean beauty with performance and affordability. They are dedicated to making a difference through their products by offering high-performance mineral makeup that will change your skin, your life, and leave the planet a better place. Formulated with natural ingredients, superfoods, and vitamins that are good for your skin and the environment, Lust Minerals products create real results, offer supreme performance, and is better and cleaner for our health. Good health starts with Lust Minerals. To feel and look your best, head to lustminerals.com.au and use the code HEALTHYHUSTLERS for $20 off your first order, or simply click the link in the show notes after this episode. So can you tell us a bit about our Pilates? Yeah, thank you. Um, It was a big year. (laughs) A big year of juggling infertility. And at the same time, we launched our Pilates. So we're an online subscription-based Pilates program. Um, And my business partner, Hannah, who is a physiotherapist, um, we launched in March of last year. So, yeah, I guess it was just a time where I was sort of lucky you know in a way that I had my businesses to kind of keep me sane Um, I have a clothing and swimwear brand as well that I was also sort of just juggling at the same time Um, 
but I did get to a point where I was like, something's got to give here. Like yeah. IVF appointments take up your entire week sometimes and you're so energy depleted and, and emotional and like just f- the physical kind mm. of aspect of IVF too. You know, you're injecting yourself. You know, sometimes I was up to like four or five injections a day and it, it does take such a toll on your body. So I have had this mentality throughout the whole process of kind of take the pressure off a little bit. So once I was going through IVF, I was like, this is huge. This is life changing. You actually can't do everything, you know, figure out what is most important right now. And like, whatever that is, that's okay. So I took a tiny bit of a step back from um, Le Mans, my clothing and swimwear brand towards the end of um, last year uh, when we were going through IVF. And as much as that was really hard because it's like my baby and I've invested so much time and energy into it, I knew it was the right thing to do. And we had just launched um, Pilates and it was going really well. And obviously having a business partner, it's she had just had a baby actually. So I wow, was almost... You two like super women. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I was like, well, what is, what is my life right now? But in the middle of it, you kind of just, it's adrenaline. You just yeah. like, you just... Your energy just kind of just keeps getting restored. But I was sort of like, okay, Hannah's just had a baby. I will try and take over as much as I can for a little bit. So, yeah, at that point I was like, you know, I have to sort of put a little bit of a, a break on um, Le Mans, which, yeah, as I said, was really hard. But I'm looking at picking that back up now. I'm just having conversations about having um, an investor and a business partner come on board to kind of give me some help and assistance, especially with bubs on the way yeah. I'm like if I don't have the time now <laughs> I really find it hard to see me having time once the baby's here but yeah we have had an amazing first year for our Pilates and it's really nice to be a part of something that genuinely helps people feel good and mm. makes people healthier and happier and it's crazy that um even I haven't been allowed to exercise um, my entire pregnancy actually up until 19 weeks, but I not, even though I'm not exercising myself and I'm not physically getting those endorphins, I'm getting those endorphins from seeing everybody else do our classes and being a part of something that, yeah, it's, it feels nice. And I, you know, I love my career and I love my job, but having been a model, it's not really, I don't know. It's amazing. And I loved everything about it, but owning a business that genuinely helps people is Mm. so fulfilling and um it was kind of an easy choice to sort of push through all of those I guess emotional hurdles I was going through to kind of feel that the reward of what our Pilates kind of gives me at the end so it's been a big year (laughs) it sure has and do you know what you'll probably find that too when bub does arrive is that the energy that you get from your business like it just continues to help you be a great wife and a great mom and show up for your baby in all those moments because you're so fueled and fulfilled from something that you love so much and so passionate yeah yeah that passion just like drives you so deeply through you know the hard the harder times or the challenging times or the exhausting times because you're just so deeply passionate so yeah it's so amazing that you've found that and you're being able to bring it to people yeah exactly and I've I've been able to watch Hannah, my business partner, kind of, I've been watching her kind of do that because half yeah. of her baby is only six months and, you know, half of her comes to every meeting and it's oh. just, we just, we just make it 
sort of work and yeah. you know the business has has kind of really as you said we launched our app um just last month in february so it's sort of like we've had our biggest growth and development stages whilst hannah has had harper i was like you know obviously there's times it's going to be challenging and sometimes where you can't do what you you know would maybe had planned to do but it kind of doesn't mean you have to put a stop on things so it's yeah. been really nice to watch her go through that and obviously I'll go through my own journey and whatever that looks like I'll be you know I'll be okay with but it's nice to see her go through it and kind of be like you know it is possible to yeah. to run a business and be a mom and you know Absolutely. kind of do everything that you want to do as long as that's what you know mm-hmm. makes you happy personally definitely a big thing for me since becoming a mum was reminding myself that I don't have to choose between between them. I can actually be, you know, that present nurturing mum I want to be while also having a thriving career. It might just look yep. different. It doesn't mean I'm going to an office five days a week, but I can still have that fruitful career that, you know, fills my soul while that also being a mum. Yeah, and I think so much... We've been told that you can't do both or you have to choose one or it's a stay-at-home mum or a working mum and it's like, well, they can work in harmony in a really beautiful way if you allow them and it's just changing that story. And so it's so beautiful for you that you've had Hannah be able to like lead by that example and show you what's possible. It's, yeah, it is. It's so important to have those people, you know, showing you that. So, Yeah. yeah. I think it's also really important as well in the same breath to be like, it's also okay to not have that too. Totally. Yeah. And I've kind yeah. of really put that at the forefront of my mind as well. It's like, you know, I have every intention of being able to work when I can, but if for some reason I'm struggling or whatever that looks like, that's okay as well. And if I need to just take a break, you know, I'm, I'm, I think we'll be, we'll be set up in a way that will allow me to sort of take a bit of a step back for a couple of months if that's mm-hmm. what I need or sort of whatever that looks like. But I think, yeah, as much as it's okay and, you know, the two things of running a business and kind of being a working mum can coexist, it's also completely okay to to not, you know, have yes. a business on the side or be go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, you're just at home with your baby and kind of doing, you know, going through the motions of your day-to-day life, that's that's completely okay as well. And I'm sure I'm going to have plenty of those days when oh, the baby's yes. here too. <laughs> oh my goodness. I had a very long run of that last year and it was, it was just like, it was getting comfortable with like not always having to have to be achieving Jesus. something because I am achieving, like, you know, I'm keeping two little humans and alive. Like that's alive. Enough, that's know? huge. Yeah. Totally. Like, and it is, it's just shifting that mindset and that story so yeah. yeah and in any given moment being able to change it as well you know like this month doesn't have to look the same as next month you know this week yeah. doesn't you know like I think it's being okay with I guess that's why I ask about those seasons because it's like you know it yeah. all it is seasons it changes, like, it is. Yeah, it changes it is. so quickly and it's like you know one week can look really different to the next and that's okay there's no kind totally. of right or wrong I mean- in it all Last week I was so busy and like I didn't have a second to breathe. And now this week I'm sort of a bit like, cool, I might rewatch maths today on the couch. <laughs> and it's funny, like that's such, that's just life. It goes up and down and busy weeks and slow weeks. And yeah, no, it's good. The ebbs and flows. I love it. Totally. <laughs> um, Brooke, how would you say, like over the last, you know, 12 to 18 months, obviously you've been through such a huge journey, like physically, mentally, emotionally. How have you evolved as a person? What have been kind of the biggest the biggest changes? Yeah, I would say over the past 18 months, I, in a way, am probably a completely different person to how I was 
before that in a in a good way. Like obviously I've gone through some challenges that I sort of don't wish on anyone, but at the same time I've gone through I guess a lot of life learnings and growth and um, you know, I think it's really true when people say that, you know, in times of hardship and when you go through really tough times, that's where you grow and you learn the most. And I can personally say that IVF has been, and infertility in particular, has been the hardest thing that we've ever been through. But I've also gained so much positive kind of life experiences from that as well. So, um, yeah, I think sort of when you go through hardships, it almost like kind of reevaluates the way you think about things and maybe you know, you're, you're a bit more grateful for certain things. And for, for Miles and I, you know, we went through so much together and we've always had a really beautiful, solid relationship, but we're even more solid now because we have this profound love and respect for each other from what we've been through and, you know, how he supported me. And I guess for him, what I put my body through to give us our baby, um, so yeah, I completely evolved, you know, in to be, yeah, I guess pretty upfront about it. I'm definitely not the same person, but in a good way. And there's things that obviously I wish that we could take back, but at the same time, I'm so grateful that they happened because I think it made me a better person, a better wife. Hopefully it'll make me a great mum to kind of I guess have all of that perspective and um yeah, I think, yeah, as I said, going through hardships just really kind of for me just has made me grateful for everything like those Mm. days where I felt shit I would go for a coffee and a walk with miles and that was just one thing that made me happy and it's something so simple that kind of can really help you through those really tough times so I get I guess like my kind of mantra for the year was I was just trying to be grateful and as much as I was going through IVF and I hated it at the time I was also reminding myself okay you're so lucky that you that one the science is there that IVF even exists but two financially that it's an option for you there's so much to be grateful for um and that kind of really helped us get through those 18 months yeah it's um I read this quote the other day and I was like, oh, you know when something just like hits you and you're like, oh, it's so true. But I think it's easier to see it when you're on the other side of a challenging period. But it was the darker the storm, the brighter the rainbow. And I was like, oh, oh that's beautiful. It's so true though, isn't it? When it's like, you know, because sometimes it's so hard when you are going through something challenging. And, you know, obviously I've never been through what you did, but um, I went through some pretty dark postpartum depression with my second and like at the time the the heaviness of just like you know what you're saying about like not being able to have I guess that smaller talk or talk about you know handbags or gatherings like it's you're all consumed in what you're feeling and at the time it's just so hard to see through that fog or that you're ever going to feel happy or that again and then when you're on the other side it's like yeah I read that quote the other day I'm like oh it's so true because it's just you appreciate feeling good so much and you appreciate all of those little things so much more than you once did because you yeah. you know how crappy you can feel. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Was there, um, I know you said that that was kind of your mantra. Did you have like a little saying or anything that you would say over and over in your head or when you'd go to bed that would really help you during those times? To be honest, I, not really. I think, I think for me it was just, 
like practicing gratitude and whenever I'd kind of get in slumps and to be honest at nighttime there was no kind of real positive chat the night times for me were really tough it was the times that I spent in the Facebook forums and groups with you know infertility women and if anything they were kind of like the darkest times and I would probably if anything it was just sort of I was just constantly reminding myself to be appreciative and I was like you know some people aren't lucky enough to find love you know I've met my soulmate and my best friend and some people aren't even that lucky so if you can't have a family you know just be grateful that you've got this and yeah I guess it wasn't necessarily one kind of um I guess thing that got me through or or saying that got me through actually without being too cliche I think it was Miles that kind of got me through he was my rock and when I'd have days where I was like so negative and are we ever going to be parents and you know I would be in a full slump he would be like it's okay it's fine I'm like but we've spent all this money and like you know what if it doesn't work and he was just like it does not matter he's like it 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 does not matter we're going to be parents we're going to get there and he was it's funny now he says to me now during those times he was terrified he was like I was laying awake at night almost in tears as well but for me he was like this solid literal rock that was just such a pillar of strength that I I needed so badly but if I didn't have that I don't know yeah I don't know how I probably would have got through yeah it was it was a lot but I actually had um my cousin send me flowers after our first transfer failed and it's I think it's a I think it's a quote by Nelton Mandela but it's like it always seems impossible impossible until it's not and I just was kind of took that with me as if to say okay at night time I'd be like you're going to be that girl who's never going to get to be a mum you're never going to have a family I'd, I'd literally think about in my head how long do I give it sorry I was like how long do I give it before like I I said, Miles, okay, you know, you go off, you find someone else that can give you a baby and can make you a dad. And I think about that in my head. I'm like, you know, what timeline do I put on this so I can put him out of this misery so he can go live and have a beautiful family? And then I'd have those days where I was just like, okay, it's impossible until it's not, and one day it's not going to be impossible. And, yeah, we're just so lucky and so grateful that it's fine now. But, you know, I say those things to him now and he's like, you're a – sorry, I'm going to swear. He's like, you're a fucking idiot. Why would you ever think like that? I wasn't going anywhere. But when you're going through something so traumatic, like, that's the shit that comes yeah. into your brain and it's yeah. yeah, it's wild. I'm actually – I'm so puffed. I'm like, pregnancy is like I'm, all I'm doing is talking and I'm so puffed. I remember that feeling actually of being so puffed, like getting halfway through a sentence and being like, oh, I'm sorry, I just need a moment to breathe. Everyone tells you it'll happen and then you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you actually start experiencing it. I'm like, usually I cry to pregnancy, I could go for like an 8K run and not even be that puffed. Now all I'm doing is sitting, drinking a tea and talking and I can't breathe. Oh, it's so true. But I think you should be so proud of like your ability to switch to gratitude in those moments like that's I know it can be really easy said like focus on all the things you're grateful for or look at all the you know goodness you've got around you people can say that but like like to actually do that during such a all-consuming time is 
a whole nother ball game. So you should be yeah. proud of your ability to even, you know, switch to that and lean on that in those moments. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's like learning those tools as well that you kind of, at the start, you kind of don't think that way. But then I guess if you've got good support too, those kind of, those kind of emotions do flood in. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want there's anyone that's kind of going through bad times and, you know, they're not feeling grateful. That's also super normal. But I think if you remind yourself, if you go, okay, when you're right in the thick of it, like when our first transfer failed, I was like, everything is shit. Like I just want to sleep for the next five years. Like I don't want to get out of bed. But then the next day I was like, okay, I feel a bit better today. And then those kind of feelings kind of do flood in. So it's always, it's not always immediate. And in that moment of like true, utter emotional heartbreak whatever it is but yeah I think if you allow those emotions to come in you know they do they do come eventually if you remind yourself yeah yeah absolutely um I guess to finish up today is there been a podcast or a book or something you're reading lately that's bringing you some joy or some fulfillment I'm so boring because (laughs) (laughs) everything I'm reading and listening to is like pregnancy and birth related I love it and <laughs> I thought it might be that's totally it is. normal <laughs> I mean at my early pregnancy I was re- I was reading um, a lot of Colleen Hoover books so I think it was very basic girl of me everybody was really everybody is really into Colleen Hoover but um I loved her books and I've kind of I've got ugly love on my bedside table and I'm probably like four chapters in and I love it but every time I read it I feel guilty that I'm not reading about pregnancy <laughs> and birth, but for the first 13 weeks, I was so like, not that I didn't want to get attached, but I was just a bit cautious. So I was yeah. like, don't read any pregnancy books, just kind of yeah. take your mind off it. But now that I'm 20 weeks, I'm like, okay, I should oh, yeah. probably, I should probably do some research because I have no idea what I'm doing. Hey, I say <laughs> the more naive you are, sometimes the better. With that yeah. <laughs> I know, true. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't read too much. Probably not the best advice, but I'm I know. <laughs> I wish I could give something super inspiring, but I'm just listening to like, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want me to say yeah. podcast. Yeah, of but, course. You know, I'm listening to um, like Beyond the Bump and Australian Birth Stories, um, Cat, Midwife Cats Pregnancy Podcast. Like oh, it's just like a kind of a and a Yeah, my really... sister-in-law's obsessed with her. She loves her. Yeah, I've never yeah. listened to her stuff, but every, yeah, I've heard that she's awesome. Yeah, she's just, I like the way that she's very straight to the point. And the episode's like 25, sometimes 20, 25 minutes long. So you kind of just like chip away at them. And if I'm like doing yes. the washing, I'll just put my podcast in and I put my podcast, put my AirPods in and have a listen. And they're quite informative and I like her approach. So that's anyway, awesome. I'm just like deep in how to give birth, how to look after a baby. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> Do you know one good tip? Actually, so Sophie Walker, who um, hosts the Australian Birth Stories podcast, I remember when I was pregnant with Georgia and I was chatting to her in DMs and she's like, I was feeling really nervous naturally about birth. And so she actually gave me a really good tip of like, searching out all the positive birth story like it depends how you want to feel your mind and everyone's entitled to feel their mind the way that they want to but for me because I was so nervous about you know like trusting my body and having a natural birth and so she sent me a list of like all the positive birth stories and I just found it so like reassuring to be like filling my mind and sometimes yeah it was when I was driving or doing the dishes but just like having that constantly in your ear like yes I can do this I'm I'm capable of this is so good yeah, totally. I know. She um she actually just sent me her book and I've been oh, yes. reading that as well. And there's so many like 
little nuggets of gold in the book that kind of just like you take a little, I'm like writing them in my notes and like little tips that kind of you can just take with you to kind of, yeah, prepare you for birth. And I'm the same. I was like, any kind of negative birth stories, I don't want to hear it because I'm just like, I don't need that in my brain to fixate on over the next, how long have I got? Five months. I'm like, no, just positive, positive, positive. And then if it's not, then I'll just deal with it at the time. so true. Oh, Brooke, thank you so much for joining me today. I, yeah, it's been so beautiful to connect with you again. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your story. And I know how many people it will help. So thank you so much. Um, For anyone that wants to check out our Pilates, can you let us know the best way to do so? Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was so lovely to chat with you again. Um, so if anyone's keen on checking out our Pilates, you can head to www.ourpilates.com.au. Um, you can sign up through there and then you can watch all of our videos via our app on the iOS app store. Amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no, that's what it's all about. And um, yeah, all the best with the rest of your journey. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.